Greetings to you. That was a recording from Higher Things in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, from I think it was 2015, of the hymn. Um, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, the most famous hymn of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther. So you heard that recording, you heard that hymn, and the reason is, is because this Tuesday, October 31st, marks really the beginning of the celebration of the 500 years of the Reformation. And there's a reason why I say it is really just the beginning of this celebration. But before I get to that, I need to step back a little bit. So, I mean, right now, like I said, 500 years is where we're at. It's remarkable when you think about it. I mean, 1517. The United States of America, the Declaration of Independence, I should say, was signed or ratified on July 4th, 1776. That's 200, almost 260 years later. Think about that. The state of Iowa, which I live in, I think it's only, let me think, I got, but it's a Google this one, going to Wikipedia. I'm pulling it up. I know it's kind of a little bit of a pause here if you're listening to this. But let's see, the state of Iowa was founded. In 1846, all right, 1846. Still, you're that you're talking 329 years. 329 years later, the state of Iowa was established. I mean, so having the 500th anniversary of anything is remarkable to celebrate. But what's the big deal about this? So some guy <laughs> nailed a sheet of paper to a door in a, to the church door in Wittenberg, Germany. What's the big deal? Well, Martin Luther, when he wrote, I want you to understand the 95 Theses, they were the trigger, they were the moment that began the Reformation, but it really isn't the Reformation is what began it. Because Martin Luther, when he wrote those 95 Theses, he didn't expect it to do anything. He didn't expect it to cause a firestorm the way it did. Yeah, he expected some debate, but he did not expect to have happened what did. Martin Luther was a man who, he was a monk, a priest, an extremely intelligent man. He grew up with a father who was one of the rare people in his culture to actually move up in status, to um, rise the ranks of the socioeconomic status. In <coughs> Excuse me. Luther was at one point studying to be a lawyer. And his, in fact, and in ancient, in the time of Luther, the medieval 
Middle Ages, in order to become a lawyer, there's a particular book. I care, I'm not sure what the name of the book is, but there's a book that they had to purchase, and it was an extraordinarily expensive book. Well, he went through it pretty well, and he was very good, a very good student. Until one day, he was out on the road, and there's all of a sudden is this lightning storm, and it's striking all around him. He's terrified as he's walking, and he says, and he prays out to Saint Anne and says, If you get me through this, I will become a monk. And he is saved. And he does he survives the storm and he sells all of his possessions, including that extraordinarily expensive book. He sells all of his possessions and he becomes a monk. And the thing is, he begins to read the scripture. He reads it more and more, and he comes across this phrase about the righteousness of God. And he read in that word the demand that you had to be righteous as God is righteous. Now you think, what's the big deal? Okay. The Ten Commandments. Let's take these out. Okay, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now you probably think manservant, maidservant, ox, or donkey pretty easy. Because many of us do not live next to somebody with an ox, donkey, a manservant, or maidservant. Alright. Okay, we're pretty good on that one. What about coveting somebody who is not your wife? Or your your husband? And it says anything. It could so instead of an ox, maybe it's a car. Or a tractor. Or a uh, new pair of shoes or some type of clothing item. You should not covet your neighbor's house. We're always trying to keep up the Joneses, aren't we? The grass is always greener on the other side. There's a reason why we say these things. is because we do struggle with being jealous and desiring of what someone else has. I mean, coveting and ultimately comes down to is that we're not content with what we have. We're always wanting more, 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 more. That is coveting. You should not give false testimony against your neighbor. If you've ever lied, even the littlest white lie, somebody asks you, do I look fat in this dress? And your answer is, you may think that they are, and you say, oh, no, you look lovely. That is to bear false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not steal. This could be as simple as um, taking a bait pen. Should not commit adultery. I mean, all you have to do there is just see a beautiful gal or a handsome gentleman and go, ooh, look at her. Commit adultery. Should not murder. You hate, if you ever said of somebody, you fool, you idiot. You know, if you've ever hated or hated somebody or wished harm upon somebody or more is if you have seen somebody in need and you did nothing you are guilty of murder honor your father and your mother if you've ever disobeyed your parents I'm pretty certain all of us are going to qualify for that one 
Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. One, if you've ever missed church, but more than that, if you've gone to church and you didn't pay attention. Or you got, oh, this is boring, this is stupid, whatever. Whatever your thoughts or your mind went to, that is breaking the third commandment. Second commandment, you should not misuse the name of the Lord your God. If you neglect to pray, if you neglect to praise God, if you neglect to worship Him, if you've ever said something like OMG or OGs oh, or something like that, that is misusing the Lord, name of the Lord your God. And then finally, you shall have no other gods. And I would tell you, we all have so very many idols. See, I just went through that. That's every single commandment we are guilty of. And so you read the righteousness of God. And Luther read this and he saw that in order to satisfy God, you had to be as righteous as he is and he understood and he realized that he couldn't. No matter how hard he tried, he gave everything he had to serve as a monk. And if there's anybody who was holy, it had to be him. But he knew he wasn't. And so he feared God. He was terrified of him. And so he and so it happened on the eve of All Saints Day, Halloween, or Hallow Mass. As it is. On the eve of All Saints Day, many people were coming in to Wittenberg to pay um, homage to the relics. And the reason was because St. John, or sorry, St. John. <laughs> John, Prince John of Saxony, uh, uh, or Prince Frederick of Saxony, sorry, Prince Frederick the Wise had an incredible relic collection. And so a lot of people were coming into Wittenberg to see it. And so on that day, the eve of that day, Luther wrote these 95 theses against indulgences. And he put it to, he posted it on the door. Now he didn't think anything would happen. He just wanted a good academic thought. And he didn't expect much. And he had reason not to. A month earlier, he wrote 99 theses against scholasticism, and nobody cared. Nobody even raised a peep about it. So he figured the same thing would happen here. Well, here's the deal. Pope Leo X at this time was raising funds for the building of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And the way he was going to do this was through the sale of indulgences, especially through the work of a man known as John Tetzel. So when Luther wrote what he did, he wrote against their bank account. And what's more is people were listening to I mean, everything was written in Latin. No, but none of the theologians spoke the language of the people. Luther set a new stone to begin to speak the language of the people. Now, the 95 Theses were actually written in Latin. I'll note that. But this began the firestorm that led him to begin to start speaking in German. And it was eventually that he realized and he learned that the righteousness of God comes through faith. Jesus Christ. 
for all who believe. See, the hymn that we hear every single Reformation Day is salvation unto us has come. And I'm sorry, sorry, we always hear a mighty fortress is our God. And it's seemed everybody so many think that that is the hymn of Reformation Day, and it really isn't. Mighty Fortress is a great hymn, don't get me wrong, but it's not a hymn that's really that big to Reformation Day. We sing it every year because it's his most famous hymn. But ref all but the truth is that a mighty fortress belongs more to the first Sunday in Lent. Thematically, the hymn of the day is actually Salvation Unto Us Hath Come. Because that hymn embodies everything that the Reformation is about. The Reformation really isn't about Martin Luther. The Reformation is about how God used Martin Luther to rediscover the gospel. To rediscover the truth that, listen, it says here, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As I just went through in that, oh, going through the Ten Commandments, you heard it, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But listen, verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Hear that? By grace as a free gift. God, by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, salvation has unto us because our works couldn't do it all sin all fall short to the glory of God we cannot meet God's law we cannot meet God's demand we cannot meet his righteousness but that is the comfort that is the gospel that was rediscovered that we don't that Jesus is the righteousness and he gives us his righteousness in the waters of baptism. We receive his righteousness that is the righteousness that leads to eternal life. And that was what was discovered. And so the next, like I said, Tuesday is the start of the 500 years of the Reformation. It's not the anniversary. It's the, it's the start of the anniversary. And the anniversary really will last until about 15... until 2030. The, the 500th anniversary of the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. Because there was, really the 95 Theses really did not say much in regards to salvation by grace through faith. Notice that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone, according to scripture alone, to God alone be all glory. That refrain, God alone, Christ, that, that refrain, faith alone, grace alone, scripture alone, Christ alone, to God alone be all glory. That 
was not on the radar when the 95 Theses was written. The 95 Theses is what got Luther to begin thinking. It got the chaos to begin. It wouldn't be until a year or two later that he would truly discover the gospel, rediscover the gospel. <clears throat> and over the years to come, you would have, you know, <clears throat> the Diet of Worms, where he would stand and say, um, here I stand, I could do no others, so help me God. You would have him write the Heidelberg dispute, Disputation, in 1518 you would have the writing of the small catechism the large catechism and eventually the Diet of Augsburg when the princes would stand before Charles V and refuse to recant their faith that they would insist that their head be cut off before they renounced their faith all of these place dates, all these events play in to this 500th anniversary. And it's all about, it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he has done on the cross. It's all about the salvation he has won for us. <clears throat> it's, right now it is 822 on October 29th, 2017. So very likely most airy places have their 500th anniversaries celebrations have come and gone. So what can you do to celebrate the Reformation on Tuesday? I'm going to tell you what you can do. First, read your Bible. Before Luther, so Luther translated the Bible, <clears throat> the New Testament, into German, and the old, later he translated the Old Testament. He was the first person to do it, but he was the first person to really do a good one. All right, <clears throat> but he translated it. Prior to that, and this is during the printing press, and so they were able to get around Germany but prior to that in order to get a Bible you had to be extraordinarily wealthy in fact I was just at a a Reformation event and the speaker which was Jeff Cloa from Concordia Seminary St. Louis or formerly of Concordia Seminary St. Louis um, he said that in order to that the cost of a Bible uh, or a Latin Bible specifically, because they were all Latin, was about the cost of a small house um, in, in you know some small in some small homes, and so for some people, it would be basically a choice: do I want a Bible or do I want a home, my house? And so very few people had it, and the few people that did couldn't afford it. So it was rare. But yet in our day, we're completely the opposite. I mean, I have countless Bibles. I have several of them. I have them on my iPad. I have them on my laptop. I have them on my cell phone. There is no excuse in this day and age for anybody to not have access to a Bible. And yet, 
The Bible is hardly read. It's hardly ever open in any home. Another way to celebrate the Reformation is plan to be at the divine service this weekend. Plan to go hear the word, to receive the Lord's Supper. Plan to tell somebody about your faith this week. Tell them about what Jesus has done. Tell them about the gospel, because in our age, the gospel is becoming lost and taken for granted. So tell others. Tell people what Jesus has done for them. Sing some hymns. Luther had a number of good hymns, like A Mighty Fortress, Lord Keep Us Steadfast in Your Word, or All Glory Be to God Alone, From Depths of Woe I Cry to Thee, or even if you like some Christmas music from heaven above to earth I come. There are a number of great hymns by Luther that would be definitely worth singing, or at least reading as a devotion. There's so many ways you can do it. All amounts to is being in God's word, being in hearing, knowing, and reading of your Savior. And what's more, giving praise to him. And what's even more than that, even beyond that, telling people of what he has done for them. So with all that in mind, I pray you have a blessed Reformation Day, and yes, you can have a blessed Halloween as well. We're going to be doing the truck or treats um, in our parking lot on October 31st from 6 to 7.30 at St. Paul Luther Church here in Ida Grove. So it's okay to celebrate a little Halloween. But also take some time to celebrate a little bit of the Reformation. Watch the Luther movie from 2003 or watch the new documentary that PBS put out. You know, read, read Luther's large catechism. And I'm not, I know it sounds like, again, I'm putting emphasis on Luther, but I'm not. The reality is, is that Luther wrote some dang good stuff. And all of it, all of it, is pointing to Jesus. And that's really the real reason. It's not so much I care that you read Luther. It's just that Reformation gives you a, a chance or a reason to read some really good stuff by about Jesus about your Lord and about what he has done for you that just so happened to have been written by Martin Luther. Because the man was smart. He was brilliant. He wrote some incredible things. And this is a good time to read some of those or sing them in order that ultimately, not that you get a relationship with Luther, but that you have a relationship with Christ. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart. Actually, go backwards. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood 
to be received by faith. The Lord bless you and keep you this Reformation Day and the days and years to come. Salvation unto us.